0: there, lads and lassies, and a very warm welcome to the Daily Record Celtic podcast. Today is just the two of us who have assembled, ready to chat through all of the big talking points from the Europa League defeat against Valencia and Sunday's dramatic win at Kilmarnock. I'm Stuart Hodge, I'll be hosting the pod since Michael Gannon from the Daily Record Sports Desk joins me as we sift through... All of the fallout from two dramatic games involving the Scottish champions. We will also look ahead to Thursday night shindig at the Mistaya. So, I don't know about you Mick, normally I'm all about the old chronological order. But I think we have to start this week's pod by talking about the weekend's drama, Dune in my home county of Ayrshire. Now, obviously, there's an unfortunate amount of non-football nonsense we have to touch upon. But let's start off with the Fitpa. How was the game? You were there. How, how, how did you... You feel it
1: as it was happening. Well, I'll tell you what. See, after about seventy-four minutes, I was I was sitting in the, in the press box, with my laptop, and um, I had some random collection of words in front of me, and it was it wasn't particularly inspiring. There was not not much mm. going on. It was a pretty dull kind of goalless draw. Not many, not much mouth action. I mean, it's pretty entertaining enough in terms of scrap, but hee-haw happening. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think actually might have be been my, my fault. I think I turned to a colleague and said, this is not really much the right home about here today. Is. There's not really much of a, a line. Cause been, a point would have been all the drama 24 hours early with Rangers dropping points, I would yep. dropping points dropping kind points. Of, it would be as you were, basically, Aye. at the start of the weekend. So I thought, it's, it's a bit meh, really. And mm. then and then fast forward 15 minutes, and it was utter chaos. It
0: was just bedlam, wasn't
1: Absolute it? Absolute mayhem, um, which is... Which I think is some Scottish football is actually absolutely brilliant for that. Oh, I. Um, you can be sitting at a match one minute and thinking this is there's not much going on here. And then half an hour later, it's pants and head and pencils up the nose. <laughs> Good it's point. all great fun.
0: I'll tell you what, the fact you've got a Blackadder reference in there early doors, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that kind of work. It's
1: like my generation, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Now, I mean, this seems a little bit of an obvious question, but given the nature of that victory, the old cliche is, it's what champions do. They dig out results at other top teams. And and what they do is they go out even if they've not played their best they get the three points. Now if you couple the fact that Rangers have dropped points again and that Celtic won in that nature as well, I mean is the title even more
1: Celtic's to lose than it already was? I think I think this is the weekend. I think when we look back on the season, I think this could be one of the weekends you, you look at as a defining factor in the campaign. I don't see I, I don't see any way back in terms of Rangers catching Celtic now, I think eight points with 12 games to go. Um, you need to, the Rangers need Celtic to drop three defeats. Aye. Or four draws or five draws, because the points, the goal difference is different as well. It's quite mm. um, um, huge. So I, I just don't see Celtic losing three games more than Rangers. I, no. think, I think the season is now effectively done. Aye, you, uh, think, you think He that's says, I've not got a cup up since October. <laughs> um, no, I think so. I think, I think um, the only the only kind of match now I think you can look to is perhaps the, the, the old firm game, end of March. If Rangers can get a result there, it might breathe a bit of life into it. But even then, I still think that that, that this weekend was, was decisive. Rangers dropped points at home to St. Johnson, Aberdeen dropped points at home to St. Mirren and Celtic winning in, in, in that fashion. I think, I think, I think that, that some there's some games you get a sense that it's a seismic moment in yeah. the season, and I think that was one of them. Um, and listen, you talk as a cliche that it, that's how champions. But listen, it's a cliche for a reason because it's it, time and time again teams that win titles have a habit of grinding out results when they need them. Well, a prime example, if you think of Alex Ferguson's
0: Man United team, you, you always get the feeling that a late goal was coming and more often than not, I mean, you get the old cliche about Fergie time and all the rest of it, yeah, yeah. Man United would dig out the result, they would get that goal and they would go on and they would win. Now, applying that to the weekend's
1: game, did you feel that that Celtic goal was coming? No. Or, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because I think Camark were very impressive at squeezing the life out of Celtic. Listen, the red card changed the momentum and, and impetus of the game. So after that point, yeah, there was every chance. Kurt Broad red card. Kurt Broadfoot's red card. Fifty minutes to go. Did change the the way the game was going. Should that have point, been a red? By the way, off. Of the week aye. aye. Just, aye. just double check. Aye, aye, aye. I think so. I mean, there's there's contentious red cards, and then there's that one. I think big um, big Kirk went in with, um, like a steam train. Uh, I think even he knew that it aye. was a red. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Clumsy uh, more than malicious, I think. Yeah, but you can't you can't be that late and that high. No. and make contact and not expect to be getting the the first use of the team shampoo. What about Brown in the first half? Which well, that's it? an interesting one. I I actually think there's a case that's a red card as well. I, I think listen, it's not. I don't think it's a black and white. Red, definitely red, definitely not a red. Mm-hmm. I, I think, but I could see that being a red card. I thought it was it was really late. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're looking at the way the action. The, the, he, he makes with his boot into the shin isn't it a million miles away from Al McGregor one the week before against Lewis Ferguson different circumstances with a goalie hmm. and I always think goalies are right to defend themselves anyway that's <laughs> a different issue PRX <laughs> Dud goalie but I, I think I think he was perhaps fortunate because I think uh, that's in England the Premier League England red cards every day of the week hmm. uh, in Scotland where it's a bit more kind of a Mad Max country I think it's (laughs) perhaps a yellow, maybe a yellow and a half. Blackadder and Mad Max, we're going well.
0: all the the eighties references today. No, it's going well. We're not even six minutes into the podcast yet and that's (laughs) you got two crackers in there. Um, Right, so, I mean, if if we look at the the game, I mean, we've talked about how important it's it's, going to be in terms of the overall picture of things. But in terms of where Celtic are as a club, if you look at the fact that you've got the disappointment of the, the sort of Valencia, which we'll, we'll come on to talk to talk about in a bit more detail. But if you look at that on one side and then they kind of bounce back at the weekend, then is there an argument to say Celtic are in kind of some sort of weird limbo? Well, like they're, yeah, they're yeah. dominant domestically. Yeah, yet they've reached that point in Europe where they, they I mean, it's as, almost as if they can't go any further unless they spend vast swathes of cash, or at least that seems to be the manager's narrative on the, on the whole
1: affair. I mean it's a weird one isn't it it is but I think I think they I think they're a scope to perform better in Europe mm-hmm. um, I don't I, I don't think they can just say well we've had a glass ceiling in Europe therefore we take our dunce and yeah. then go back to it and enjoy ourselves in, in, in Scotland mm-hmm. um, listen they're, they're, they're dominant in Scotland but they still got a job to do here uh, and win the league in the, in the cup as well we have got a tough cup tie against Hibs come up as well mm-hmm. um, who knows what you get from them so the league still to be wrapped up as much as they're in a strong position now um, but the European thing yeah they are. I mean they are listen European football the landscape has completely changed um, it is more difficult than ever and you look at the last, this last 30, 32 in the Europa League the teams in there especially see the teams that could got in that draw I don't think I think maybe the two out of the 16 looked winnable maybe and even then was it Zagreb Aye. and and Genk or Gent or one of the Belgian teams maybe mm. that's another one maybe because they could have got but the rest of the teams in there who are seeded, frightening. Nah. Every team, 14 out of 16 teams in that, in that list would have done the same Celtic as they would have done Thursday night. But does that mean they accept it or do you try and find another way to try and play better find a different system. Is there not an argument, though? If you look at what Celtic did uh,
0: in the 3-3 game with Man City, which I I still maintain, I think that's probably one of, if not Celtic's best performance in Europe, one of their best. They've had bigger results. But if you look at the fact that Celtic went toe-to-toe with a team as good and as rich and with as many quality players as Man City, they played the same style of football as them. They went basically toe-to-toe with two boxers. And, I mean, they
1: came off even in points, if you like, to to continue. this, I think they tried... Variants of that, and then get, get scudded. like PSG and Barcelona, which so is is the thing. That, so it's that, going backwards, isn't it? If you score, if he score these goals, it's great. But, uh, uh, listen. See the thing about fo- the great thing about football is it's probably the only sport I think that that the best team or best player doesn't always win. Mm. I mean, definitely with the most regularity. With the, yeah, there's ways. And what I'm saying is that 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 um, if you if you're rugby. Tennis, these kind of teams, the, be- the better team or individual tends to come out and top more mm-hmm. often than not. In football, it's not always the case, and quite a lot of times it isn't the case. So there are different ways, because there so many ways you can win a match or, c- or compete in a game. Mm-hmm. So, listen, me, saw it. The, the difference between Kamart and Celtic isn't any any smaller than the difference between Celtic and Valencia in terms of financial disparity. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, when you start going up at that level, the gap does get wider in terms of quality. If you go from a, a 20 grand a week player to a 100 grand a week player, the gap is more than a twenty grand a week to a two Five. grand a week. Aye, aye. If you know what I mean, its increments are are, are wider. Mm-hmm. So I understand it's harder, but they still come out, competed for ninety minutes against a team with a budget which is fifteen times their budget, um, and they last They competed the the beat Celtic twice at Old Park, albeit there's other factors. But you use these factors, and Celtic haven't. The last three seasons, I don't think Celtic have used other factors to their advantage to try and compete with better teams because they tend to lose to better teams. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen, PSG, Barcelona, these kind of teams, Bayern Munich. You you expect to lose, but you you don't expect to get scudded by seven. Make them work for it. Make them hard. Make it work. I I think, think, listen, uh, it's admirable the way Celtic play, um, but I think they have to, to try and... I, I don't, I'm not into this pragmatism thing and all that stuff. Listen, maybe not just played five at the back in the not one nil down in two minutes and they could have been 15 down eventually. So it's not just about that, but it's about not asking players to play certain ways that they, is beyond their skill set. Because mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing I can't understand, that as an play a part and you rely on guys who you maybe, maybe not wanted to have in there, but let them play to a skill level they're capable of rather than ask them to do things that they're not. Well, that that, that was actually that's, that's what I feel like. That, that, that was a, a point that I was going to come on to, but
0: since you bring it up now... No, it says I nicked it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. reading your notes. <laughs> uh, Scott Brown, uh, or oh, sorry, Scott Brown, Scott Bain, Derek Boyata and Yozo simunovic and they're getting high-pressed constantly. So the answer to me, if, if I was playing that game of football, would be, right if we're putting ourselves under pressure in such a such a difficult area of the park that if you lose it you're basically giving up a goal scoring opportunity yeah. then why not bypass that area of the park or at least bypass that that sort of way of playing out for the back yeah. maybe do it in such a way that I'm sorry I'm getting that impassioned I'm battering oh, the mic right. stand there. this is my rock and roll moment I feel you know, I'm right. back at Robbie Park there's <laughs> chaos kicking off in here <laughs> but yeah, if, if, if you're finding that you're getting yourself in situations that are looking dangerous, and there was, I mean, before Valencia got the first goal, which obviously was Izagiri and the offside trap sort of element there, but there was umpteen opportunities that the Valencia could have had and that really nearly had. There was that sort of trifecta of passes for Scott Brown just straight out into the stands. They might
1: 15 minutes, didn't they? And yeah.
0: it's just... I think it, it was almost like Celtic were the architects of their own downfall in that game, and that they were trying to play a way that was beyond their ability, like you say. Yeah. So, in that sense, should there no be a bit of pragmatism for the boss to say, "Look, do you know what? This isn't going to work.
1: We need to we need to look at doing it slightly differently, <laughs> finding another way." Yeah, huh? I think so. I mean, listen, in Scotland, uh, listen, that, uh, uh, Scottish pl- players and players playing at Celtic, they get an extra half a second in Scotland so they get a ball to feet they can take control they can look up make a pass mm-hmm. and that, that's all kind of that's a fluid movement right mm-hmm. but seeing it against these top teams that fluid movement that, that's a three stage movement when you come up against teams at like that level it's one movement they're exactly. doing it before the ball comes they're taking it on the turn they're away so um, I, mean, I, I, I'm, I think James Forrest is a fantastic player but he's a, a, a Scottish player at a certain level he gets the ball pulls it down looks up picks a pass Whereas I remember was at um, Verratti when PSG came to Parkhead mm-hmm. and, he, and he was taking balls in his chest and the turn and he's away and, he, and it's just it's a different sport. Yes. So you that half a second they get in Scotland don't get in Europe. There's somebody on them on a flash and that press at Valencia. And Valencia sat that was actually in hindsight. the First 15 minutes they played really well but Valencia just actually sat a wee bit deep and almost kind of looked around and seen right. Let's see what you've got and then realised right if we just squeeze up now we can just take the ball off them. And then both goals came from losing possession in key areas, uh, and turning the turning the possession, getting down the flanks, sort whatever. Of, like over the top, uh, like you say, shoot themselves in the foot a wee bit. Some of them. but you are asking guys to do things that, like I am saying, there, that I you mean, know, as a Milo Zagheri, struggling four years ago in Europe, four mm-hmm. years on, he's not going to be, he's not going to be Roberto Carlos four years later. No, good course. little player, but he, he was struggling in Europe under Ronnie Dyla's era. Not going to be improving to do the same, do better four years later. So, and he was doing that kind of um, lava dance when the ball his feet his feet were going like the <laughs> clappers like almost like panicking, getting these bond or take situations and it's not his game, um, no. and I don't think you can you can uh, I mean it's a, it's the old Frankie boy Frankie Boyle line isn't it. He's gonna hire a monkey, but then complaining it throws at the wall <laughs> on, on the tax. <laughs> uh, sorry, but aye, you're asking guys to perform things that they maybe not aren't comfortable doing. Right, we're in the verge. I'm making far too many analogies
0: here, but I had another Blackadder one for you. Mm-hmm. Split the the sort of what we're we going to do. The same plan that we've done fourteen times before. <laughs> right. Exactly what they expect us to do. Therefore, exactly what we shall do. Yeah. And that that I think is you've got to see that that's true a bit of Brendan Rogers Celtic as well.
1: Yeah, but I said what I mean. What to an extent the, the Leipzig game at Celtic Park I thought they did really well in that kind of game. Um and that they have improved on it. I mean you see it in Scotland, there's certain matches in Scotland, keep the ball forever, knock it about, they go through the they work these little triangles go through each each phase in the pitch and all that stuff. And it is it's really good to watch, but you just don't get that luxury of that extra half a second, that nanosecond you need in Europe when you're playing against the, the very top players. Um therefore I think Celtic need to, to think differently Aye. at that level. No,
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> don't Want to go? I mean, it's one of these we've got a sort of fluid thing going on, a bit of fluid midfield movement where we've sort of verged onto Europe. But I'm going to take it back right towards Kilmarnock again because there's a lot of off field stuff that, that that really needs to be spoken about. Um, first thing I want to touch on, Bruni's red card. Should the ref maybe have shown a bit of common sense not gone to his pocket for the, the celebration, or was he right to apply the letter of the law when he no, jumped I into to the, to the to crowd?
1: did take his off, with, yeah. um. I think, actually, I'm not in any way um, pointing the finger at, at Scott Brown for some of the carry-on we saw at Rugby Park, but when you saw the reaction from some of the supporters jumping onto the pitch, the celebration, that's why you have that rule in place, to Absolutely. stop that kind of thing happening. It's a saying, public safety issue. Is, that's, that's Like it or not, that's the reason why we have that, those, those rules. And because they don't, the powers of be don't want fans surging towards the players to celebrate because it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think fans spilling onto the pitch proved the point. So I don't think you can have any complaints. I don't think. Listen, I don't think Scott Brown have any complaints. You know, they all know the rules. Um, that if you, if you, listen, he didn't actually go into the crowd. I think, but he left the field of play, hopped over a hoarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, you get the usual folk Killjoy. Oh, killjoy's what you know wanting to say about the fans, but listen. It just takes one wee kid in there getting jammed in there and getting injured and all that stuff I and mean, all of a sudden it's not worthwhile do you know what I mean? Well uh, so,
0: there, there was an instance in the the Dundee United St Mirren Cup tie where the Dundee United fans searched forward yeah. and a member of the crowd was injured Ended up cut off my a stretcher yeah. Exactly and so I mean it's something that, that fans I do think have to be aware of do you think some of the, the Celtic support deserve criticism in a general sense for their, their, their behaviour at rugby behavior? park? Yeah. Yeah,
1: very much so yeah I do I do Um because listen, Chris Boyd gets hit with a coin, out of order. Yeah, that's completely out of order. Um the some of the, the, the chants aimed at Chris Boyd, out of order. Mm-hmm. Um the folks spilling out the pitch, uh, listen, you give some of them you say, right, okay, it's high jinks and all that stuff. The ones that ran out of the pitch, the half a dozen that ran out of the park and Ted Taunton came out players, out of order. Um the ones the the constant the barrage of um smoke bombs and flares Listen, this is driving Celtic crazy. I, I, mm. know, I know for a fact that the club is driving them to distraction because somebody is going to get hurt by one of these things. Mm-hmm. It could be a kid, it could be anyone. Uh, but these these flares and, and I mean, it's it is going to, are going to cause somebody. See, it's injury. It's, come, it's coming soon. It's, it's so regular now. It's going to cause a problem. Um, also, it completely wrecks parts of that this plastic pitch. I mean, we could all, we could all get up with that flare. <laughs> uh, with these things but it's dangerous and it's, it's, yeah, it's behaviour, behaviour that is a concern and I know Celtic are, are at the wits end with a, a, a section who are who don't care don't get monkeys I mean it's if it's antisocial behaviour or whatever um, they don't no, bother it's, it's almost like they aspire to it no they just don't care just, it's just a two fingers up don't care we'll do what we want but it's, it's going to somebody's going to get a sore one at some point he's hope but it's nothing serious but it, it, it Listen, you, we all love the drama, the chaos, the mayhem, but at some point you got to say, "Right, chaps, behave! Hmm. Come on!" Um, listen, Celtic fans give their their team incredible backing. I mean, it's the atmosphere at Celtic Park is around the way. The atmosphere is tremendous, but there's some naughtiness that needs to be addressed. Was it a minority? At Rugby Park. there's ah, it was, I mean, there was two full stands of people, um, and it's actually a lot of the people at the game will, will think. I mean, us now, I'll get pelters for for even daring to criticise some of the, some of the fans. But the guys in that that's these stands when they go, the young kids and all that stuff, they got that right. enough's enough, chaps to behave, mm-hmm. um, because football is not just for one wee section. No, it's, it's, it's not just the young, young team who are banging the drum and singing and all that stuff. They bring a lot of a colour, and a lot of. A lot of well, I was going to say a lot of flair, maybe that's not the right word. <laughs> but they, bring, they bring a lot to the game, but not, the only ones. There's the old boys with the bunnets. there's the the the, the, the dad with the wee girl and their wee boy. Mm-hmm. There's the families. There's a, it's a whole cross section of the game. It's not just the young team. Um, therefore, I think they have to be mindful of, the, of their fellow supporters as well, who are getting the trains to the games, who are going to the, the pub, who are going to the matches. And want to enjoy it in a different environment. Don't want that side of it. They might like the spectacle that they create, but when it starts to cause danger, mm-hmm. then maybe somebody's got to reel re- in a bit.
0: You mentioned Chris Boyd. We, we need to to really talk about that. That is such a big incident in 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 a general sense, and one of an alarming number of coin thrown incidents that we've seen in Scottish football this season alone. And, I mean, now, see for me, right, I think that the unique selling point, if you like, and some quality business jargon there, the USP of the Scottish game is the unparalleled levels of pantomime villainry that we have and and the passions invoked on that side of things by rivalries and individuals and stuff like that. But when it spills over into incidents like this, and as we say, they're mounting up now this season, then surely something's got to be done there needs to be an answer to this because most of the Celtic sports I've spoken to have nothing but condemnation for the perpetrator of that and I know that you put the tin hat on for the, the record sport hotline but there was a lot of talk about the incident as well yeah, yeah. but but where do we go from here short of banning people taking coins or, or any type of that projectile like that into a football ground what's the answer? That's the thing I mean
1: I mean it's not I mean, it's, it's, what, I, what I was talking about there is not. it's not just a Celtic problem because every single club has got an element Granted. Um, so it's a societal thing, um, but listen, I've been to game this season. It was at Time Castle when 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 Lenny was hit with a coin mm-hmm. when um, some Hearts fan tried to punch the, the or the Hibs fan tried to punch the goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, you seen at Livingston that the linesman getting pelted with a lighter. It seems to be that it's crept back into the game this behaviour. So we've got a a real problem. But listen, there's an there's a, there's an easy way to, do, to deal with it. It, would be, it. Would be a strict liability job. But the chances of the club's vote of a strict liability are absolutely zero. Mm. Because if you start talking about fining clubs for the fans, the fans, points deductions, can you imagine points deductions in Scottish football? <laughs> It'd be negative goal, not negative points totals for winning the league. <laughs> because nobody would have any points. It'd be white. I mean, if it, if it was points to emotions, it would be, the whole SPFL would be high the Highland League before
0: well, long. Listen, Scottish football, everybody's got an agenda against your club anyway. If you start bringing points deductions into it, then we might oh, as well right. just shut so, up the shop.
1: But the clubs are never going to vote for it because they've all got that element. Yeah, of So course. they're all at risk mm-hmm. for it. So... Um, how how we we improve uh, the football in public as a society? I don't know. I mean, it's it has to be education and the, the young people and all that stuff. But it's a, it's a, good, it's, it's a massive it's, it's question. It's trying to queue to it, do our handbrake handbrake in when top cross paths. <laughs> I don't know how you turn it round.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you always come out with I Love a tortured metaphor.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> brilliant Um now, Chris Boyd? he's shown he's got a bit of sense of humour we all remember the kind of belly juggling goal celebration earlier this season and he obviously gets slagged for being a bit tubby and those kind of things you mentioned some of the the less savoury the kind of more sectarian chants But what do you think of his reaction following the incident? Because he really hit out at Celtic supporters. He said, We're led to believe they're the greatest fans in the world, wrecking seats, flares and invading the park. Oh, and in case anyone didn't know, I'm just a fat orange. It must be my favourite colour, in brackets. Swear word, beginning with a B inserted here. A a
1: couple
0: couple of bleeps, aye. Um, Now, is he right to come out and, and say that? Like, he's obviously been hit with a coin. It's a dangerous thing. I mean, it could... Feasibly have taken his eye out,
1: so was he right to do that, or is he just stoking up more trouble by well, by reacting I in, I in that way? This boy's an adult and he's entitled to, to have his opinion. He's been hit with a coin and hit with abuse, um, so he's entitled to come out and say what, what he likes, um, and fair, fair play to him. Um, listen, he he revels in that like we mentioned, he's in that pantomime villainy, he loves all that stuff, and he has oh, absolutely. Careers. So, he, and, he, and he gives a bit back, he takes it, gives mm-hmm. a bit back. I've seen him at Patodry. Uh, where gets get dogs abuse as well uh, mm-hmm. and celebrate with his belly out and all that stuff so it, it, there is a, it, and I think I think he knows that there's a bit of give and take and he likes a bit of that stuff but there's a line and when you're physically put in danger you've crossed the line Yeah. and I think I think even even some of the other the other, the other kind of sing songs he gets I think he falls in deaf ears with him usually but when you add that to the physical threat as well with a coin getting thrown at you um, then I think that that brings that into focus as well so it's just it's just not one really it's, it's listen we, I said we've touched on it we love the, the, the kind of mayhem and, and nonsense in Scottish football but there is a, a point where you go right no enough hmm. <laughs> it's, it's enough no granted and listen he wasn't the only one unhappy
0: after the game uh, one of our eagle-eyed guys on the record sport online team spotted a a social media post from Timothy Weah after the game, where he said, in regards to my yellow card, I just want to say sorry to any Kelly fans that were offended and who took it the wrong way, but with all that being said, I was targeted by three players from the moment I stepped on the pitch. Go back and look at all the cheap shots that were taken and the trash talking as well. To be honest, I understand it's all a part of the game. I took it and I didn't let it affect my match, but at the end of the game, I gave them a taste of their own medicine and took the consequences that came with it. (laughs) No problem. I love everybody and respect everybody that respects me, I guess, being kind all the time makes you look weak. But I refuse not to stand up for myself and my teammates because, at the end of the day, that's what family is for. Now, if you look at the young man's comments, it suggests that there might have been a bit of a learning experience, a bit of a welcome to the SPFL, the Premiership, mate. We, we Timo is
1: now been fully integrated into the SPFL <laughs> nonsense, he's, in, he's part of the blender now. He's in He's in now. He's uh, when he first arrived. I think um, when you, you your age, when you sit and talk to him when he arrives, and you think, uh, what What a nice young man he is. He's a very polite and educated <laughs> young fella. Three weeks later, he's he's uh, right in the madness. <laughs> I, that, that's it. He's given the get it up and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, listen, he if he's going to write, if he's going to write the debate of. of players try to wind him up, then mm-hmm. he's going to get a lot of bookings. And that's it. He's going um, to be a target. But, listen, I think if you, I think Celtic fans will be listening to that. Oh, I think it was whipped down quite quickly, wasn't it? I don't it think was. It, he, yeah. I think I think he can kind of thought better of putting it up publicly. I, I, or somebody thought better of him putting it up publicly. Well, that's it. So, was it was a bit um, immature? Listen, no. Listen, these guys, he's got about about 15 million followers. Mm. Um, uh, so I think he's I think his dad Was quite famous Apparently so Mum was at the game Mum was at the game uh, On Sunday Was she? Yeah the first lady Of Liberia at the Oh aye, that's right aye. Apparently she was in, um, Doing nigger bombs In Fanny by Gaslight <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but yeah. that, that, That's
0: that's a joke By
1: the way That's the pub The name of no, pub I know, no, no, I know <laughs> but I'm saying That's
0: that's that's a joke I'm pretty sure She wasn't I doing nigger bombs
1: She got, she got around then <laughs> no, Fair You can't fault that, that Philanthropy A, bit of a um, but no, but he's, yeah, he, these boys are different. I mean, that, that's, maybe I'm the wrong generation, but they're all social media savvy and all that stuff and get their message out, um, albeit if it's only for the short period of time. Um, I'm all for players, same thing, I think. I don't like gagging players or telling them to, to, to shut up. Well, like, well, you're a journalist, Michael, well, that's exactly, to be expected. Exactly, I rely on these people saying daft things. Um <laughs> But listen, as I say, I think I think Celtic fans would, would be listening to that and seeing that and thinking, "You'll do for us, son," because he's he has he has really thrown himself into this this project at Celtic. I Absolutely, mean, he seems seem, really invested. Yes, in you see some young some young loan players coming and maybe thinking they're, they're better than this standard, or and it's about them. They're passing through, and it's a wee bit about them. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it's like oh, getting, I'm getting games. It's I'm only here for what minutes in the pitch. I want to set out a certain amount of minutes, and. So, but I see he does seem to be genuinely... Right into it. ...mad for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think anyone will have a problem with him coming out and saying... Listen, like I say, he's got to be careful that if he's going to bite and get booked mm-hmm. every time he gets wound up in the pitch in Scotland, then he's, he's going to be getting a lot of bookings. Nah, and he's um, going to be getting wound up all the time. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think... It didn't affect the performance. I thought he did well when he came on. I thought he looked lively. Um, I actually thought he should have been on perhaps 15 minutes earlier. Uh, before the before the red card, even mm-hmm. um, before uh, before he would come on. Sorry. Um, Do you think Brendan Rogers generally
0: a wee bit slow sometimes to to look to his bench? Uh,
1: no, I don't think so. No, I think no. he's um, he's one of the things that, that's kind of struck me about Brendan Rogers. Watching him close quarters has been his in game management. Yeah, he's, he's he's really quite he's extremely good at changing things, running repairs. I mean, even if he starts a formation or a system he doesn't like, you'll see the run repairs happening quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's the case. Um, uh, no, I don't think so either. Yeah. It was just flying. And I also it. think. I also think he wanted to give oddson Edward a certain amount of time. Listen, if he, he, he faded badly, but mm-hmm. I think he wanted to get him up because the only way he's going to get back to up the speed is if he plays the minutes. So I think he had this conflict of of sticking with him to get beyond that kind of hour mark and beyond and then changing, um, but, you get the feel. I mean, he must he must be sitting on the bench, even with a quarter to go, when you look around, and you've, got, you've got, weah on the bench, Oliver Burke on the bench, it must give a manager, a, a little bit of, kind of comfort, thinking well, right, I'm not going to go yet, but I've got, some hefty artillery on the bench here, that can come on, um, so I can understand why, he maybe waited to be purely for, get minutes for, for Edward, mm. um, but, I, I think, in terms of the actual match itself, I think, yeah, possibly could have got made some changes earlier. But I can see the reasons why. It's, it seems sense.
0: an interesting thing that you can look a lot at Brendan Rodgers' decisions of that nature. And quite often you can see his thinking. So you can see how he's, he's squad managing. Yeah. But you can also see at the same time as he's squad managing, you can kind of see when he's making decisions that are based on the game. And you, it's almost like you can discern which decisions are on a sort of more general basis and yeah. a kind of squad sort of thinking type of playing. And then there's other decisions that he makes where you think, all oh, right, he's, he's quite good there. He's actually trying to influence something in this particular match. Yeah. But it's quite transparent. I think you can see when he's applying which methodology or is
1: that just me? No, no. Well, if, if I can see it, it must be quite transparent. Cause I'm, uh. I'm a bit slow up to it usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, definitely. Um, there's always a few plates getting spun at the same time, isn't there? I mean, there's another aye. European game around the corner. Okay. That's a ridiculous schedule. I mean, from the middle of the summer, aye. The first half of the season is. I mean, it's still in the actual in terms of the schedule in the Scottish season it still isn't right. Um, no, you don't think? No, I don't think. I don't think so. Um, so I what think, would you change? Well, we'll get the winter shut down in January, but we play two months worth of football in December to get to the winter shut down. Therefore, we need the winter shut down because the players are knackered through December. All right. Um, I would. I know they don't like it, but I would punt the the last the semi final and final league cup back to March when there's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the two 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 rounds of fixtures off the grid because then you invariably end up with teams involved with having to play an extra match in December to cover the match to play in the semi-finals and then the final. You might have two games to make up, so you end up with 9, 10, 11 games in December. Um, And you chuck in the European aspect as well. I would... I don't see the point of playing the League Cup group section in June, July... Or July, sorry, when... The teams that need to play in June and July are not playing because they're playing in Europe. The ones that could do would be up to speed earlier, so I may bump the whole season earlier. Hmm. Um, I don't know, but I just don't think I don't think it's quite quite there yet. Um, has ah, I think the, the clubs will love the winter break, but I think it's because the December is so brutal that they they, they crawl into the December break. Well, you just need to look at that old firm game. I mean, yeah, uh, that. Half, I mean, Celtic
0: Celtic were completely done. At that point, I almost think yeah. it, there was a certain recalcitrance, maybe, about Brendan Rogers' team selection big, for that using one. His
1: big words no, in them, a tabloid uh, reporter
0: here. Uh, uh, do you know something? I'm bad for that. It's no, like terrible. It, it's it's a disease. It's it just uh, it just comes out.
1: It's, uh, never see the light of the, day in the paper. That's for
0: sure. <laughs> no, no, because
1: I, I can't spell them.
0: That would definitely be <laughs> uh, a sub editor would get rid of that for for for, for some reason. Um, right, back onto Europe. We'll finish with that. Um... Because obviously, Mestaya beckons on Thursday night, uh, which is a five to six kickoff, I think. Is that right? Aye, which uh, nice, bam early evening in Spain. Are you going over?
1: I'm not, no, I'm uh, missing this one out. Sit this one out. No,
0: you you got a painful hamstring, or maybe sitting, (laughs) unfortunately.
1: All right, Um, in the the tie's done, it's done, isn't it? You have to face facts, There's, there's not.
0: Well, you, you said last week that uh, Celtic might sort of squeeze a win at home, whatever, and then get beat 3-0 in Spain. You've written the match report before, but they'll, they'll actually need to win 3-0 yeah. now if if this yeah. isn't going to be dead. But, but
1: Celtic produced their away performance in the home leg this time. Yeah, that was nice of them. That was their away performance. Ch- change that, it up. That was the usual Celtic away performance just a week early.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, quite, it's a shame, though, that you're going into the game and there's nothing really riding on it now. You're almost thinking, would Brendan Rodgers be better you resting think, players?
1: Listen, you can, you've got to think, what if what if they get an early goal? What mm-hmm. if they get an early goal? Can, does that change the complexion of the tie and you think but you just can't you can't I can't see a set of circumstances unfolding that it would allow Celtic to go and get a three goal. Mm-hmm. Or a two goal win then maybe get next time, maybe uh, if I I I've looked clock quality. Even missing quite a few players, they looked they look quality. They did. They, they um, look
0: decent, but at the same time, I think a better team wins that game by four goals.
1: No, but I don't think... But what my point was last week, the teams like Valencia and, and all these other, other big, even big sides in Europe... That wasn't a bomb, by the way. That was yeah. me just scalping a cup off you, the table. You sparking the pyro there. <laughs> um, I was showing off my flare <laughs> Flares. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these teams to come to Glasgow and I don't think they're, they're particularly fussed about actually winning the game as, or such they're maybe they're happy to take a draw even a narrow defeat so I think they they arrive with the mentality I've seen it happen last year with Zenit I've seen it before um, teams come to Glasgow maybe falling for the whole kind of Parkhead mythology and thinking we'll go there we'll get a not on each draw, one each draw maybe a narrow defeat and we'll take care of business back at home I think Valencia came in with that actually as well first 20 minutes last week mm-hmm. where they kind of well, just see how it goes here. And then I think quickly realised they, they get gifted a goal at Aye. bad times. Um, but even when it went two, I think they were particularly happy just to kind of contain and see it out. certainly a bit of joy towards the end. But I think even then they'd have been happy. Even lose, even 1-2-1 would have been fine with that. They'd have been over the moon with that result.
0: Do you think they would have been surprised at the lack of response from Celtic though? Because Celtic didn't really push that much. Odds and Edward came off the bench and he changed the game a bit, but
1: only a bit. They weren't really allowed to. I mean uh, we touched on it at the start of the podcast, they kind of they they they, they kinda of just sat on, on on Celtic in the middle of the park and, and pushed up uh, um, two forwards two centre forwards pushed up to cause problems with the bound from the back and Celtic just couldn't couldn't really get up and get through the um they got the pitch. Just left them kind of really up blind alleys and all that stuff. It was really quite a kind of controlled, organised performance by Valencia that so it was it was just always seemed to be a step ahead. So I didn't see an awful lot of evidence to suggest that that's going to change in Spain. Um, I think Valencia would have to be, I mean, completely lackadaisical to the point of ridiculousness to get any any hope. Um, so therefore, the, 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 I think the big game is now. I think is the league game next week to, to keep up the pressure on the title, the the, the cup tie in the horizon, Aberdeen horizon. I think they're the other games now. This one, I wrote the weekend. I don't even see the point of. Of risking guys that are touching goal I mean, I'm not to Kieran Tierney's thinking me getting fat, bit of fat, fit. Uh, maybe you can give him a, a run out to get him fit. That would maybe maybe a way. But I would I wouldn't say I'm not saying sacrifice the game, but here's well. Here's you a hypothetical:
0: Kieran Tierney's fit. The Celtic lose two 0 the other night.
1: Um, well, possibly because they've lost they've lost the teams like that before with with them on the side. Mm. Um, but he's a he was but you, the fall guy for both goals and many. Ways. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah a poor game. Um, one of the fall guys. I think it was, was a chain reaction of, yeah, yeah, of yeah, calamity and yeah. these, these goals. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, but yeah, listen, Celtic were without uh, benkevich and Tierney. I mean, forty million pound worth of talent probably Aye. in the backline. Can't afford to lose that. No, we, we touched we on last but week's podcast. But then Tom, Tom Rogic, another one, key player at the pitch. Odson um, Edward, not 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 fit. Hmm. Um, Olivier and Cham, perhaps another one uh, who's not really played much in the last few months at all. Um, so you, t- you start taking out three or four big, big players like that, certainly are, are, are going to struggle no matter what. But in the same side, they have had these players involved in big games and lost as well. So, I'm not sure he can really just quickly who much. are you giving pass marks for the other night the other night mm-hmm. I thought Callum McGregor I thought um, again he's one that that, that we half second I'm talking about mm-hmm. and you don't get he doesn't need it He's he, he's got the sharpness of touch and mm-hmm. feet t- and I noticed it in the second half when listen, he, he had to do a, a shift protecting is a Gary who by that point, yeah, that was the point. I saw him covering the left well, back that, a few it's times. He's either covering or going to give him a hug. One of the two because mm-hmm. he was at, at that point he was in danger. One of the wee emergency blankets. Yeah, yeah, I think it was it was uh, it was hug time. Um, but even you noticed him when he was slightly deeper and clicking the ball and and it was a wee bit quicker and getting it up the park. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's nothing against, nothing against Scott Brown, who's excellent at it, but. The Hibs game week four. Scott Brown looks like, like Pierlo in that quarterback role. Different great ball game when you've got Valencia, charging down top of you. But he's the one I think you get past Mark Scott Sinclair. I thought actually played quite well. I thought he played quite well. He's, his form has um, been been excellent at this this kind of last month or so. Yeah, it has. been um, Yeah, all the bucks struggled just for service. Can't really he can't, He's touch it. I mean, he's not. But he's not. That's not natural to him. We spoke about that podcast last week, didn't we? He? He's, mm. he's not naturally um, got that football and kind of brain to do that kind of role. Um, but they didn't, they didn't play balls in behind. One ball in behind them they didn't get enough of that. Yeah, that, that, that was that was the
0: thing. I, I, yeah, I remember the one in question actually, but it was sort of played through just the high net read it well, well. I don't
1: know why just get the ball up the corner, and get get all oh, a buck turn on defence and get us a corner kick. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm man, the point of view of football. That, but, but then again, what what, what does Celtic do with corners now? well when was the last well, time scored you the enough from the right, right, right. Sunday. Granted, <laughs> right right uh, what have ab- the Romans ever done for us <laughs> 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 apart from the wine the roads the sanitation the health service what do corners <laughs> ever get for Celtic right directly apart from winning the, <clears throat> uh, win the league on Sunday directly <clears> directly from a corner apart from um, winning the league on Sunday but yeah but that's but that's, <laughs> that's not, it's no shame in <laughs> going to get yourself a corner kick or a free kick or a throw in in the, in the, in the, the, the corner of the field away from your goal no, exactly. It's, yeah. a, it's a good opportunity to yeah. get
0: hit in the counter-attack. Yeah. So. But maybe, <laughs> um, maybe Thursday. No, so on on that basis, one of the, the interesting comments after the game, record sport columnist claimed in TV that Celtic are basically trying to operate, in his opinion, in Europe without a proper striker. So obviously we know about Lee Griffiths and, and his issues. But is also Edward not meant to be that man? Is he not meant to be the striker for for these sort of big occasions and, yeah. and get him in there? So if that's the case, why well, play Oliver Burke, a guy you've just got on loan for
1: a wee while that you're essentially improving for someone else? Yeah, but, but listen, obviously Edward can play that role, but he's, he's only played about twenty minutes since his new year. Yeah, so uh, you think it was just a fitness? So lap. I think if he was fully fully fit and function, I think he would have been up there. Mm. Um, but I, I listen, I agree. With you. He's no, not maybe not out now. He's not a Mr Dembele type. Back to goal. can do a, a can, bit of can everything. do everything yeah I think he's he's better perhaps dropping off and come in but then that's what modern followers do that it's the, the old style forwards don't really exist anymore there's very few um, of them a year of of false and loose nines and shadow tens and all this kind of stuff and <laughs> shadow striker I like that one <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well that means there's <laughs>
0: oh, loads of, of there we trek artista is one of my ah, favourites yeah that's where I start to lose. Aye. I like to bring in a bit of abstraction just because I
1: know that you could kinda great so on you. No, wee no, bit. it doesn't be, I think I'm I'm <laughs> the end of that dinosaur, but I know my I know my all my stuff. I get I'm, I'm, I'm seen as a hipster of my of my, my, my peers. <clears throat> uh,
0: do you know I've never seen you in a press box at a game yet, so I'd be interested to, to wonder what kind of clobber you put on. Do you sort oh, I live up to the hipster my, image?
1: I've got my, my Invented the Pyramid book next to me in the, in the, <laughs> the press box and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Signed by Pep Guardiola Yeah, I put my tea of it my pie <laughs> Brilliant So
0: Last question for me then How do Celtic push on in Europe In a more general sense If we accept that they're They're probably crashing out of the Europa League now Looking ahead to next season What would constitute progress next season For, for Celtic in Europe Because I mean you, you alluded to it last week It's bonus ball territory for Celtic This it's it's essentially a kind of shot to nothing type scenario where anything they get was going to be a positive, but I think definitely among some supporters that I've spoken to, there seems to be a sense that the the nature of the way they sort of oh, I wouldn't want to say lie down, like they didn't lie down to Valencia, but but it was essentially passive. I think is yeah, the, passive is a yeah. very good way to put it. Yeah. So I think don't know what it means, but people can say it all the time. But uh. but but that's the thing. Like <laughs> if 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 it was as easy as that for Valencia to come and win at Celtic Park right yeah. how does Celtic get back to the point where at least they can say that they're home with the disco lights and stuff like yeah, that because yeah. it used to be Celtic could compete with just about anyone at Celtic Park now yeah. we spoke last week about how the, the wage bill was different in that time and, and blah 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 yeah. but how does Celtic get back to at least some sort of aura of respectability against that second tier so we're not talking the, the G8 or G9 we're talking the second tier of clubs
1: yeah listen well, it's a big question but um there is absolutely no reason why Celtic cannot be Champions League group stages every single year. I know that the budget maybe be for two or three times out of five, but I don't see any reason why they can't. Because as long as this Champions route is open to Scottish clubs, I think that is a... I'm not saying it's a, it's a free pass to the Champions League, but it's a certainly a much less bumpy route than it could be. And that, that route is going to get closed. I mean, mm-hmm. because the teams that come through the Champions route invariably get scudded... Every single season, including Celtic, mm-hmm. um, in, in recent times. But as long as that path is still open, there's no reason why they shouldn't take it. I mean, the teams that they faced, I mean, A.K. Athens weren't any great shakes. No, got Celtic should have won that time. And got horsed at uh, right and centre. Um, so what Celtic have increased the wage bill. I mean, they've got a pretty tasty wage bill now, but they've got the squad is, is too bloated and there's too much, uh, too many mediocre players filling the squad. I think longer term Celtic have to streamline and uh use their money slightly more wisely on improved talent. Um where that talent is, they have to be creative in and find the markets. Um which is a very easy thing to say. Exactly. Much harder to actually do it given the, the, the scope that, that that most these big clubs have now in terms of um where they get the players from? Guys everywhere, and they just <laughs> well, hoover them up into no, their youth I mean, academies. I mean, Chelsea, Man City. I've got, I've got thirty players on loan. Yeah, it's ludicrous. It's mean, obscene. Actually, It is. It's something that he's looked at actually? But the, um, we can hark back to the, the kind of Yamas and these kind of guys, um, Van Dykes. They got the ones that they found and, and moved on to greater things. But that that's what they have to try and do. Um, perhaps with the arrival um of fucking Bayou and. Um, the lad from Ukraine, whose name I can never pronounce. Shved. Shhhhhhhhh. I thought my teeth in. Shved. Sh- yeah. That, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marlon. Uh, Ma- uh, Marlon. Yeah. Me, Marlon. Um, Marlon Shedd. <laughs> um, sounds like a player as well. So, these maybe this may be a move to back towards that. Um, Depends if he's shreddy. Yeah. Oh. He's Scottish oh, football! That's, that's a that's second yellow. What uh, uh, was my first? Definitely <laughs> <There's laughs> <many> big ones. <words. laughs> um, I right, so that's we need to think they need to be, better use of resources, um, creative scouting, and the champions route r- still open to them. I think they can then perhaps address ways to play against the, the better teams that. Uh, that's, that's, you look at it the on is probably the last thirty two of two of the Europa League so that's where they are just now <laughs> um, how do they shatter that on? people are going to get paid off a lot more than me to figure that one out
0: fair enough at least you're honest well that's all from us this week thanks for joining us Mick a pleasure as always we always seem to have a bit of a laugh probably annoying everybody that's listening but there we are we We will be back again next week whether it's Mick myself or anyone else we've got a, a big team here I heard another sort of bomb like noise I think this table's made of some sort of weird kind of reinforced steel Don't know what happened. Anyway, do not forget to subscribe at iTunes or ACAST to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, then please review and rate us on there as well. So thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for listening and hasta pronto.